Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound. We're having a party, or how Party City is creating the digital store of the future. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is David Levitt. David is the Vice President of Information Technology for Party City, one of the largest retailers of party-related products and services, or as Party City puts it, they're in the memory creation business. David, welcome. Thank you, Bob. For nearly a decade, retailers have been turning to automation and technology to keep up with the steady drumbeat of more and more e-commerce orders, along with just changes going on in their retail and wholesale chains. Then along came the pandemic, which not only led to a tsunami of more e-com orders, but a focus on new strategies like buy online, pick up in store or BOPIS, curbside pickup, ship from store, and same-day delivery. And if you're a retailer like Party City, you're not only grappling with those, you're also still trying to fulfill your B2B channel. It's a daunting task. And that's what we're going to talk to David about. So David, let's start by telling us briefly about your role at Party City, and then a little bit about the go-to-market strategy uh, for retailers. What's changing? Sure. So um, my role at Party City is Vice President of Information Technology uh, for Selling Systems, and that covers our really our digital channels, our order management platforms, as well as our store systems. So it's really anywhere where there's a touch point to our, our customers. From a market strategy uh, standpoint, we, we continue to see a shift in, in transactions originating online, whether it's just for research or actually um, reserving the, the, the order online. So we, we continue to see that the shift from just traditional store transactions to, to, to online. And many of the, the complex omni-channel transactions whether it's BOPIS or curbside or delivery, were developed over the last five or 10 years. And they were developed on, on what I would call legacy systems these days. So I would say the, the trends that we're seeing in the, in the retail landscape is really, um, number one, modernization across these, these platforms. So, so folks are looking at their websites, their order management systems, their supply chain systems, their distribution systems, and really looking to, to modernize them. And um, that modernization is really, um, uh, the foundation is really in, in, a, in a very strong microservice la- uh, layer. And I think um, throughout the podcast, you'll, you'll hear me talk about how we leverage those microservices to, to help with our, with our market strategy for Omnichannel. Another trend that we're seeing is real-time inventory. Now, Bob, that, that's not a new trend. Um, you know, we've all had real-time inventory for, for many years. I don't think real-time inventory is, is a binary. Um, it's, a bi- it's not binary. You either have it or you don't. I think it's how, how real-time really is it. So, so what, what traditional real, re- retailers might call real-time, they might be taking a batch inter- interface every, every hour, or every 30 minutes. And I would say one of the strategies is really just the never-ending quest to get to true real-time. One more uh, trend that we're seeing is really in uh, AI, 
We started seeing it really in the order fulfillment process. For years, we've had in our order management systems, we have these rules-based systems that looks at labor and looks at speed to deliver orders and applies these rules to pick the right fulfillment. What we're seeing is with AI could actually do a lot better than these rules. And I'll just give you a quick example. If a customer want to to, uh, get an order and our rules-based said, well, the customer's close to this store and the store has a very small labor, uh, a small labor model, let's ship it from this store. So, and, and it seems like it was a good decision. What AI helps us with is, is other things like if the customer was ordering uh, party favors and if they were going to order 10 party favors and it was only to leave one or two favors at that store, which isn't a very good assortment, um, maybe that wasn't really the best, best store to pick. So I think the introduction of AI into that store fulfillment process is, uh, is another trend we're seeing. And then lastly, um, I would say um, the prolification of the um, same-day delivery networks, i.e. the the gig networks, the DoorDashes, the Ubers, the Ships, the Shipsies. And that really presents a lot of new opportunities from an omni-channel perspective. And I would say from a party city, just specifically about our market strategy, we're, we're looking to invest in really in all four of those areas in the, you know, over the next couple of years. David, really interesting in terms of the various, you know, focus areas when you're talking about, you know, really digital transformation for the organization. And as you indicated, what is the customer seeing? So um, give me a sense when you're taking a look at the digital store of the future uh, for retailers, does it look a whole lot different for the customer or what what does that look like and how does that differ from what they're experiencing today? Sure. Our strategy from a digital store is really building an ecosystem that's going to promote inspiration for our customers, uh, completeness of assortment, and and obviously convenience. And I don't think those those, those three are anything new. I just think the way we're addressing them is, is, is probably going to be a little bit new. So from an inspiration standpoint, I think not only are we putting a lot of um, inspirational content on our, on our digital channels, our website, our social channels. We're also doing a lot of um, uh, tooling for our store associates so, so they learn the products better, they get training, they're getting curated experiences that they could share with our customers, and then a lot of those, curate, you know, publishing a lot of those curated experiences on, on our social channels. From a completeness uh, perspective, I think, you know, one of the key trends that we're seeing out there is, um, although we have tens of thousands of SKUs in our, in our catalog and in our stores, it's almost impossible to have everything. You know, if you if you think about a party, all the stuff that needs to go into a party, it's not just it's not just the hard goods and the balloons, but you want to have um, table rentals and you want to you want to um, reserve your your entertainment, your DJs. So I think uh, you know marketplaces and, the, and and really the expansion of the whole marketplace strategy is something that that we're seeing out there and uh, we're going to be participating in as well. And then lastly, on on the convenience perspective. You know, the, the old omni-channel mantra of, you know, making all inventory available everywhere, um, anytime, um, that hasn't changed. But again, that's something we're, you know, we're just trying to sliding the scale to make it available. Um, you, we want more inventory available really in more places and really available really all the time. And I'm going to give you an example, uh, an example of something that Party City did, um, some great improvements we did for our customers uh, on that on that last example there. So if you want to have a party on Saturday and you wanted your inflated balloons, historically, you would have to come to a Party City store earlier in the week. You pick out your balloons and you arrange to pick them up a few hours before your party on a Saturday. And then Saturday, you come back and you, uh, you come pick up your balloons. So you made, you made two trips to the store. Fast forward, currently... You can um, purchase your inflated balloons online 
You have the full assortment that you would in the store, your full capabilities to inflate them, whether you want to put helium in or regular air, or, and you could, you could place that order. You could pay for it online. If you want, you could even choose a delivery service and you could have those balloons delivered to your house. So what used to take two trips to the store now, now can take zero trips if, if, that, if that's what you would like to do. Let me tell you, when you have a party, and I'm not sure if you, if you place 30 or 60 or 80 balloons for your party, but when you do and, and, and that DoorDash driver shows up in his Toyota Prius, it's a very interesting, very interesting problems you need to solve when you're, when you're trying to deliver 80 balloons and, and most of the gig <laughs> drivers are in very small vehicles. So um, it wasn't easy, but it's something that we felt was really important for our customers from a convenience standpoint. And it's something you could do in our stores today. David, I, I have a question that I was going to ask, and I will come back to in a moment about different channels, but you you just hit on something uh, twice, I think, really interesting. Uh, the first time when you were talking about marketplaces with DJs and things like that, and um, the, the second example that you just gave, which is really about customer experience. And I know in, in supply chain management review, we've had some articles and I've also had conversations with some chief supply chain officers where they talk about the experiential supply chain or you know the supply chain built around the customer service and when you were talking about um you know for instance the ability to connect with DJs and things like that you probably don't have DJs on staff at party city you're connecting to outside services how much does this idea of the supply chain enabling a customer's uh, experience play into what you're doing? I would say that Party City really looks at all our decision-making through the customer-centric lens. I wouldn't, I wouldn't narrow down to supply chain. I would really say we're a very customer-centric company, and we, okay. we, we really try to apply that to all our decision-making. The way, the way we approach that is you, know, you start out with your traditional, your, your CRM platforms and your, and your order data, and you look at that and you learn a lot about your customers. You can make some decisions off that. But I think what's really important is is you have to extend that um, to social listening, so listening to your social channels, doing focus groups, and then um, what I call demand listening. And, and I gave a little bit of an example of that that previously, but really looking at what your customers want that you're not able to fulfill. And you know the example I gave I gave prior was we we could have shipped it from one store because it was cheaper and faster for one customer. But that would have left less favors, party favors. That would have left three party favors, which doesn't really, it's, it's, it's not, doesn't really work for other customers. So that, that's one area where, where we're making some types of customer-centric um, type, type decisions. Great example would be uh, same-day delivery. So huge, huge expansion of same-day delivery over um, the last couple of years, you know, likely a pandemic driven there. And then, we, you know, and it takes, you, you don't you usually don't just have one delivery network. You could have a DoorDash that covers a certain area. You might have a Shipsy that does something else. You could have fill it in with an Uber um, somewhere else. But when you when you have um, stores in in almost every every state, your your delivery network is is most likely a pretty pretty complex network. And a customer when they want to get something delivered, uh, they they go on the website, they they put their zip code in, and and we check all our we have a process that checks all our our delivery networks. And hopefully most of the time we're able to deliver to them. But but the times we can't. That's very important data to us. Um, so it's not just about the customers that that, that, that were completing the sale. We, we we are actually looking at the customers that that were disappointing, and and we harvest that data and we use that data as we're looking to build out our delivery networks in other parts of the country. Um, that data is really what drives us in our decisions of of, of where to expand. So we're really looking at at wh- where our customers want 
uh, convenience and that we're not able to give to them. And, that, and that's really driving our decisions. It was that first example when you talked about the decision about which store to ship it from that really sort of caught my attention. So thanks for revisiting that. Um, you're doing a bunch of different channels. We've been talking about, you know, the uh, the the B2C channel, the either the brick and mortar or the long, uh, online orders. You also have a B2B, a wholesale channel. How is Party City or what are you doing to accommodate all those different channels that you're serving, you know, in a time where everything's uh, evolving and changing as it is? So we manufacture and we distribute not to just to our own retail stores, but we, we distribute to other retailers, thousands of other retailers and wholesalers across the world. Historically, we looked at um, each one of those channels as through very through very different lenses. So we we had our manufacturing channel, we had a distribution channel, and we had our retail channel. And our um, our inventory and our systems um, really followed kind of that that three channels. So taking a a widget available in one DC and trying to make it across and trying to make it available across those channels was um, was not something that was very possible. So I think as we modernize our distribution or supply chain systems, we can actually start looking through this through a through a single um, through a single lens. And really, that single lens has some great benefits um, for our customers. If we had a um, historically, we had a a widget available in one of our wholesale DCs, it would sit there waiting for a, a wholesale order to come in to be shipped out. As you start modernizing and as you start getting better real time inventory across all your channels, you're able to make that widget available to a wholesale customer. You're able to make that widget available to ship to one of your stores if your store needs it. You're able to ship it directly to a customer. You're able to make it available on dozens of marketplaces, including Amazon, Google, Microsoft. So I would really say, you know, the, the key is really trying to look at um, all your channels, um, all your fulfillment channels, and, and really make your inventory available to all of them. You know, I, I think our stories keep keep colliding with each other, but but really the 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 modern platforms with a micro microservice uh, layer and the uh, the never ending journey for real time inventory is really what enables all that to happen. Really interesting changes that you're driving, David. Um, give me a sense. Oftentimes, uh, organizations are now using uh, the pandemic as an inflection point, saying, "Okay, this is what we did prior to the pandemic." This is what we've now doing because of the pandemic. So give me a sense when you're talking about the modernization and the digital transformation, were those already in play prior to the pandemic and now accelerated? Or from your perspective, has it fundamentally changed some of the digital transformations that you guys are undertaking? So I would call the supply chain transformation is nothing new. It's been occurring since Omnichannel, really the introduction of Omnichannel 10 or 15 years ago. There are certain things with the pandemic that were expedited, i.e. Uh, curbside pickup obviously became very big. Uh, Same-day delivery um, offered, um, you know, enabled a lot of new uh, omni-channel uh, type transactions. And then I would just say, you know, that looking at the, at the larger retailers out there, the Walmarts and, and the Targets and stuff, uh, really just to stay competitive, you, you know, you really need to, to keep up with those guys and, and look at the, the types of omni-channel transactions that they're doing. Um, I think, um, you know, I think the pandemic, um, you know, probably probably the biggest uh, change from the pandemic uh, is really the, the the introduction of the of the gig delivery network. So the DoorDashes and the Ubers and the, and the ShipTees of the world, you know, there's been a lot of uh, funding, private private equity funding uh, in that area and a huge expansions in that area. 
And then, um, you know, just to give you a, a, a you know, bring a, an example, a very, a very recent example is the, is the Omicron variant that we see out there. And, and we, we see it's, it's causing some pockets of labor issues around the world and around the country. And I think, um, you know, the, the, the retailers that have a strong ship from store capability um, is really able to, to pivot and, and be nimble um, with those types of changes. David, you've hit on a lot of really interesting issues um, as we've been discussing. Um, inventory allocation, uh, trying to get you know better real-time uh, inventory or visibility, uh, understanding demand, meeting new customer expectations. I mean, you've hit on them all. If you think about your to-do list, you know, what are the one or two that are, are most critical to you and your organization? And then think about what are the tools that are going to enable them? Are you looking to you know, is it software? Is it automation? Is it better data collection? Is it all of the above? How are we going to get there? So it, it's obviously all of the above. Um, you, you need to do all of them to have a have a good good strategy. Um, but I will say, I think um, real-time inventory is king. I'm going to kind of focus on, on retail inventory for a second. There's a lot of real-time inventory platforms. All the big order management systems have them most of the major web platforms. And then there's some independents that, that that's all they do. That's their core function. And I've spent a lot of time looking at all of them, I can say. And um, each one has, has its strengths and has its weaknesses. But what, what really has resulted from that difference in feature sets between all of them is that many retailers have needed to have multiple real-time inventory services. And if you think of a, a retailer with tens of thousands of SKUs, thousand plus locations, you're talking 25 to 50 to 100 million records in, in some of those real-time inventory systems. And when you have multiple systems having that amount of data, trying to keep them in sync is, is always a challenge. So I would say two trends in the marketplace. You know, the cloud has obviously helped that a lot. The cloud has given us the ability to process these mass amounts of data and make, and make that data very accessible to a lot of different systems that need to consume it. And then really the modern architecture of the microservices have given us the ability to get to that data very, very, very quickly. But I do have to say, say one thing here. I don't think any of the real-time inventory platforms out there can fulfill, they can't fulfill my needs. I know that. And I'm guessing they can't fulfill other retailers' needs out there. So I really think that some of the big players out there in, in, this, in the software place, they really need to start listening to their customer um, I've been telling them this for years, and I still don't see those features becoming available. So they, I think they need to start listening to their customer. And, and frankly, I think they have some catching up to do. David, let me um, follow on for the last question about customer centricity, because you're hitting on that in a number of different areas. And I really appreciate that focus, because as we all know, customers do drive supply chains. You don't design your supply chain and then say to your customer, well, this is the way that we produce and distribute, and this is where you can find it. You're listening to where the customers are taking you. So as you're putting customer centricity forward, what does that mean in terms of changing your organization to respond quicker, whether it's visibility with your partners or, as you indicated, uh, more rapid delivery? Customers are expecting just in time, low cost, high variety and rapid delivery. How do you meet those expectations in this new frontier well, let's just let's just face it. Amazon has set the bar for for all of us, um, and um, I think for us, um, you know, trying to get to a, a more customer centric 
uh, supply chain model is is really the the cornerstone of that is is having the data. Without the data, you can't really do anything. So focus um, at Party City is understanding our customer better. And there's a lot of tentacles to that. There's a lot of different, you know, I think I spoke about CRM and social listening and demand listening. So the cornerstone is really, really data. And then I would say really the second piece of that is that this is science that you put on top of that. So so the data science and and, and how are you going to understand that data? And then once you have that data science, um, deciding what to do with it. So I would say it's, it's really a three pillar approach. And um, and Party City, you know, we're we're focused on, on all three of those pillars as as our most retailers out there. David, really interesting changes and looking forward to seeing how Party City and the organization really does change the face of retail. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have today. A special thanks to our guest, David Levitt. And finally, a special thanks to you for joining us on this episode of The Rebound. We hope you'll be back for the next episode. For The Rebound, I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. All the best. Thank you. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.